Hey guys, if you have been affected by the COVID-19 virus and you have unexpectedly found yourself working from home, I have put together a fast response webinar on March 19th. I've been working with remote teams and I've been a remote worker since 2009. So I'm going to teach you guys the 12 steps, the 12 keys to maintaining functioning remote teams from communication, giving and receiving feedback, how to keep everything on track, how to increase your motivation. We're going to address the pitfalls and what we can do to resolve them in real time to keep everything moving forward, even though we're not in the office. So head on over to the remoteleader.com. The first 10 registrants are free and it's a very low fee otherwise, because we all need this. We all need that reminder on how to keep things moving, even when we're not face to face. So head on over to the remoteleader.com, sign up, tell your friends. We're going to have some fun. I'll see you on March 19th. Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach, here to give you some inspiration, motivation, tools, tricks, tips, all of that good stuff. Today, we are going to break down a real world uh, question that came in yesterday, and I asked for permission to bring this up because I think this is super helpful. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys, if you have not already done so, please subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or head on over to spitfirepodcast.com and check out other shows. I think this is episode 108. We are churning out episodes uh, under 15 minutes or less, unless we're doing interview style, to help you along the way. So if you have questions, if you need some advice, if you just need another opinion, hit us up, lauren at spitfirecoach.com, and I will be happy to take it on, and we will make everything anonymous, unless you want your name mentioned. So today we're going to break down a real-life example on stuff that's going on. So here we go. Okay, so our question today comes in from Betty. That's not her real name, but we're going to make her name Betty. And the topic is pro bono, no, no. So here's what Betty said. I'm hosting a workshop at work with a colleague who is a life and health coach on the side. We're both volunteering our time for this and no one is making a dime. So I asked a good friend of mine who is also a colleague at the same company to design the flyer for the workshop. She did a great job, and it's my hunch that my colleague, the one who I'm doing the workshop with, wants to use the design for her own future gain, whether to advertise for other volunteer sessions at the company or, or through her paid coaching services. So then she asked the designer friend to share the source files uh, in addition to making changes and asked this person out to coffee for future collaborations. Now, this doesn't sit well with me, and I feel like my designer friend may be taken advantage of. How do I educate someone in a kind way about pro-design work and intellectual property boundaries? This is such a great question, Betty, and I'm so thankful that you submitted this. I am part of different Facebook groups, and one of them is Freelancing Females, and I see things like this pop up all the time. So it's people who aren't necessarily doing design work or other creative work full time, but they happen to have a skill set that they do either for fun, for favors, or for pay. So what it sounds like here is Betty had a great idea. I know someone who's really talented, who works for the same company, so there's a mutual gain. She'll be able to turn this out and high five, everyone wins. Where this looks like it's now getting a little icky and gray 
is this continuation of the ask. So the reason that the topic is pro bono no-no is because pro bono only works when there is a shared expectation of what the service is. So the person who has the skill set who is offering the free service is saying, I can work X amount of hours or provide X amount of things at cost or for free. Usually if it's pro bono, it's for free. Um, it is that way because the person is usually getting some sort of high five. They can use it for, if they're a lawyer, they have pro bono hours where uh, some law firms have it built into partners or, or lawyers contracts that a set aside amount for pro bono, either for nonprofits and things like that. So this person who is the designer isn't doing this full time, but she may do it on the side. She may look to build this business. So maybe she needs to add to her portfolio. But what we're operating on right now is a lot of assumptions. So while this designer colleague agreed to do the first round, she's probably not wanting to continue to work for free, especially if there is this presumption or assumption that this person who also does life and health coaching on the side is looking to use it for a financial gain. So whenever it changes, when the, expectation, when the expectation changes or the final product changes, that's when things get a little gray. And so we need to be really clear of this is what I'm willing to do and this is what I'm not willing to do. Or if this changes, this is what I charge. So for Betty, I think the best thing that you can do is to have separate conversations and talk about what's weighing on you. So put it on the table. If it's for your colleague who is doing the workshop with you, say, hey, you know, I noticed that you reached out to this person and, you know, I reached out to them because they're a friend and, and, I, and we needed a favor. But I think if you want to continue to work with her, like, you've got to pay her, especially if you're planning to work with her. You know, this isn't her paid job. Uh, she has other responsibilities at work. And if she's looking to build this business, then, you know, you would want to be paid too if you were doing this. And if she is in the business, especially of health coach and life coach, she should understand this. Some people don't, but I think this is the piece of you got to say what, what you're feeling. Otherwise, you're the one carrying the emotional baggage. And the conversation with the designer friend is to ask her, what are you comfortable with? If you're not, if you're not comfortable continuing the conversation with this person, what is your ask? What is it that you want to say that you've been afraid to? So one of those situations may be, you know, hey, I agreed to do this for Betty because we're friends and because this is a one-time thing. The scope of this project seems to be changing. And if you want to talk about design work outside of work, then we can have a conversation and here's some rates that I'm playing with or packages that I can put together for you. That's going to be a very clear indicator to the other person who's doing the workshop that, hey, this person is valuable. They need me to pay up in order to continue to get that value. And when we start to increase our self-worth, our, our service worth, then people will either rise to the occasion or they will go away. So I don't think this is a matter of educating for pro bono or intellectual property rights and things like that, but more of like understanding that time equals money. And if she is spending this time building a business on the side, she understands that she needs to get paid too. So it's one thing if people enjoy designing and volunteer their time. It's another thing if you are assuming and presuming that they're going to willingly do this indefinitely. So even if this person says, no, I don't need to get paid, I think sending them a gift card or taking them out to a nice dinner or lunch would be a really good uh, 
a good indicator that you have goodwill towards this person. We don't want to continue to take without reciprocating. This is, this is where relationships break down. Unmet expectations and a lack of reciprocation. So we don't want to keep, you know, taking advantage of someone's skill set and talent because they're not going to want to continue to work with us if we're not appreciating them. People love to be validated. They like to be acknowledged. But we've got to check in with them to see what's fair. Where are we meeting and having a win-win together? So it's either looking at things from a short-term situation of, is this person going to get one flyer? Or is there an opportunity for everyone to win in this situation? So Betty, have those initial conversations with the co-workshop facilitator about what you're thinking and how to best approach it with a designer. Talk to your designer friend about what she's comfortable and then get out of Dodge. Let the two of them figure it out. And I think you need to just pull back and be objective because now this is not your story. This is not your situation. You have said your piece and you can continue to move on. And either way, this is going to be a really good learning situation for both parties. For your designer friend, it's her understanding her worth and setting boundaries and expectations and probably putting some contracting and proposals together, which will only elevate herself as a designer and as a professional. And for your other colleague who you're doing the workshop with, it's going to help her understand where she needs to make investments in her own work, in, in the way that things are going. So try that out. I think put some bullet points together. What are the top three things you want to communicate to each person? And then be done with it. Move along, keep it going, and stay on the high level 30,000 foot view. Let people work it out and, uh, and keep being awesome because that's ultimately what it's about. Let people work their own stuff out and you stick to what's important with you. I hope this was helpful, and if anyone out there needs some advice, have any questions going on at work, outside of work, all that fun stuff, submit your question to lauren at spitfirecoach.com. I'll be happy to take it on. We'll keep it anonymous unless you want us to put your name. We'll come up with a fun name for you, like Betty. We'll come up with a different name. So if you haven't gone ahead and subscribed, hit us up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or head on over to spitfirepodcast.com and check out the over 100, this is 108 episodes of the podcast. And uh, let us know how we're doing. Leave a review. And you guys, keep being awesome. 